Welcome to When Takes Five. We're a podcast that's uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history dating back from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, simply prost to future innovation. I'm one of your co-hosts, Allie Martin. And I'm your other co-host, Patrick Bailey. And we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking with James Ferguson, the founder and CEO of Big Ice. And what is Big Ice, you might ask? This is a company all based on artisan craft ice cubes that go into your glass for cocktails. So we're talking about square cubes. We're talking about round cubes. We're talking about really long rectangular cubes. We're talking about specialty cubes. Hooday, Bangles cubes, diamond cubes. It's the rest is history and it looks so pretty and it looks so good in a glass. And we're a fan of cocktails. We're a fan of a good drink, but it's a totally different level of experience when it comes to um, a cocktail. I'm just looking at their Instagram. I'm like, wow, they make ice look sexy. They like- make I- That's the plan, right? <laughs> it's it's when you when you put big ice ice cubes into a glass mm. it's not cloudy it's not frosted it is crystal clear it's kind of one of those things until you fill up your glass do you understand that this ice stands apart and who would you know when you look at this you're thinking from a business perspective mm-hmm. this man is genius you know he's he all he's got to do is turn water and fr- he's got to freeze water and he's he there you go success but there yeah. are a lot of logistics behind it you know trans how do you transport it you know how do you manufacture it um also, how do you convince people to buy artisan ice? And that's what we're going to talk to him about. Well, just from his, their social media, it looks like they're trying to make that an experience yeah. uh, when, you know, drinking a drink with big ice in it. And one experience that I think some of our listeners have experienced is the Ohio River freezing over. Yeah, speaking of ice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So today's History Nugget is all about ice uh, in terms of the Ohio re- River freezing over. It has frozen over alley fun fact uh three times in the past hundred years so that was the winter of 1917 to 1918 Mm -hmm. and then again in 1976 to 1977 and then 1977 to 1978 it's so so cool seeing photos of people who are walking over and across um the river when it's frozen over like that but i will say that ice is cloudy and uh that river is dirty and this is completely opposite of big ice. Yeah, James we're not Ferguson. using Ohio River water uh, oh. to make some That's big a fun ice. Fact, though. I love that. <laughs> well, on that note, Allie, let's bring him in and learn more about big ice. Let's do it. James, welcome, welcome. Now, we're talking all things ice. We're going down a slippery slope here, no pun intended, <laughs> because ice, I feel like, probably is not the easiest business to launch, but also at the same time, I feel like it's genius, right? So what made you go into the business of ice and launch Big Ice? Well, I have a marketing company, uh, Big Idea Group, and uh, we had an office uh, for a while down in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I always stay at this hotel in the West End called the Hutton. Um, and I was there one evening and it was about 10, 10.30 at night. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll get a bourbon. So I picked whatever bourbon. And, and I looked at this glass. I'm like, um, I, I would love some ice. And go, there is ice. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so I looked at this beautiful glass with this crystal clear cube. And I'm like, I got to have this. I said, so where, where, do you, where does this made? And so the chap at the bar the bartender said, um, oh, we, we get this from my, my buddy, Matt. 
um, who has a company that basically produces the ice for all of Nashville. I'm like, well, I got to talk to Matt. So I said, is there any way to get hold of this guy? I just love this ice. And so um, he gave me his, uh, his telephone number and I texted Matt and I said, Matt, you have no idea who on earth I am. Uh, my name is James. I live in Cincinnati. I'm in marketing and I just love your ice. And so I was like, this he's guy's, like, oh, excuse uh, uh, me. Yeah. He's going to think this is a real creeper or weird weirdo, man. And I'm like, no, I love this thing. So, so I went ahead and texted him and literally within about uh, 10 minutes, he texted me back and goes, James, anybody who loves my eyes, I love them. <laughs> so, so it was magic right there. And so I said, I got I to gotta have some of this. And so I arranged to meet him uh, the next morning at his facility um, in Nashville. So I finished up on all my meetings, um, went over to his facility and he showed me around and I'm like, Matt, I just love this ice. And, and what, what, what surprised me is he has so many different skews. So he's got the, 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 the ice spheres, he's got uh, little rocks, different sizes. I'm like, just, just give me a whole bunch. So he ended up uh, comping me two uh, huge uh, coolers of ice. I loaded them in my, uh, my car. I gave him whatever the cost was, say, say three, four hundred bucks. And I'm like, great, got my ice and I headed back to Cincinnati. <laughs> and about and, and the other thing he warned me about was be careful, he goes, because I'm putting dry ice in these things. You had to transport and it if, from Nashville to Cincinnati. Yes. You gotta oh, be able wow. to prevent that from melting. Well, not only that, but apparently if you don't open the windows, um, uh, dry ice like sucks the air out. <gasps> is you can get lightheaded. Oh, yeah, oh. So I'm thinking, it's oh, carbon, crap. It's carbon dioxide. Yeah. That makes sense. I have yeah. no idea what's going on. So I'm here in the car going, oh, crap. I'm either going to like pass out um, or whatever. So I've got these big things oh, in the back God. of my car. And so I'm driving back, and you pull down the window once in a while, pull out, but like carbon monoxide poisoning, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, holy crap. i got to get back to Cincinnati. What a, what a so, crazy death story. <laughs> I know. Death by ice. So I'm driving back with my ice. You know, two, you know, like two men in a truck, one guy and his ice. I'm all the way back to uh, Cincinnati, and I and I get to the the hump, whatever the hump is called, over 275 before you come down to the the city, um, and I'm zooming over there. I'm like, oh crap! I don't have freezer space oh. um, in my home, and I'm about 10 minutes away from arriving in Cincinnati. You know, the logic thing you think is prepare, buy the ice, get the freezer, and then stock the freezer. Well, I got ice, no freezer, and we live in Mount Adams. So as you know, the houses are like this. So yes. when we moved from uh, Marymount, we went from like 3,500 square feet to 2,500. So we got rid of everything practically. Mm -hmm. So no freezer space. Um, so I called my son and I said, Christopher, I need your help. And he goes, sure, dad. I said, where's your truck? He goes, well, I'm in it. I said, good, point it in the direction of Target. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I ended up meeting him at Target, and I knew I had at least a couple more hours left before the ice melted because I had the other uh, windows were going up and down so I don't suffocate. Um, so I knew he said about five to six hours. Um, so I met him at Target. We got the freezer. Um, we put it in his truck. We took it to the home. I arrive at the house, and my wife just looks at me and goes, what have you done? Well, she's used to this uh, because I do this crazy stuff all the time. I mean, so um, so I'm like, I bought ice. She goes, uh-huh, you bought ice. And I why said, yeah. you buy ice? And she goes, and why, yeah, why is this going on? I said, Jenny, I said, trust me, you're going to love this ice. And she goes, and where do you plan to put it? And I pointed out, and I'm there in the freezer. <laughs> and my son was bringing this big freezer, you know, so he manages to get it down the stairs, you know, to what I call my man cave. 
Um, and by the way, the man cave, as any gentleman will uh, will um, agree with me, we, we go to our man cave when we're in trouble. Um, and I actually encourage to be in trouble because I love being in my man cave. So, man, You're an instigator has, is what you are, yeah, James. Man cave has lots of fun, uh, from wine to uh, bourbons and whiskeys and now ice. Um, so um, we ended up putting the freezer um, in the in the uh, there's a section um, in, in the basement that has, you know, just supplies and stuff. It fit absolutely beautifully. Um, so put everything in the freezer, stocked it up there and the ice was perfect. And then. Literally for the last three years, I've just been ordering more for Matt, and I uh, go down whenever I'm in Nashville, pick up ice, and I just have been giving out to friends and family, and that's been going on f uh, for the last few years until uh, one of my buddies uh, last March, uh, which is almost a year ago, said, "Are you going to do anything with this?" I said, "He's, he's like, it's be you're a, a weird marketing guy, guy who collects he's ice." He's like, "Yeah, he goes, oh, you've always talked about this." Um, you, know, you have like hundreds of different shapes of ice in your freezer. Yeah, like, like, what are you going to do with like, them? Give this away. He's like, you going to do anything with this? And I said, yeah. that's a damn good idea. Did you never think so, of that? Well, I always knew I wanted to do something about um, selling ice, packaging ice, but I never really had put my mind to it in terms of how I would do it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these companies um, that I've learned um, are sort of ice carver, uh, ice carvers themselves who dabble in cocktail ice or there's these companies like Matt's uh, where he comes from a bar background, he comes from a hospitality background mm -hmm. and then fell into this. And yeah, now he already supplying... had the network too. Yeah. yeah. So he's supplying his own restaurants, his own uh, whatever, mm -hmm. the hospitality partners with ice and he's into in sort of this cocktail ice. So nobody's done you what I've tried feet. to do. Yeah, exactly. Which is basically <laughs> marketing, packaging it and branding it. I mean, yeah, yeah. everybody's just sort of, oh, I'm the Nashville Bar Alliance and I'm just selling you ice. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas I've tried to create a brand around the ice. And, and, and the reason I called it uh, Big Ice was, was very simple because my core company is Big Idea Group. Uh, which is all about great people with great, you know, can, uh, great people with great ideas can do great things, and and we think of, we think about the world in sort of big ideas. What if? Why not? We're sort of disruptors mm -hmm. in the marketing industry here. We're not a, like a, a typical agency. Uh, we're sort of an outsourced strategy marketing company, and we're sort of disrupting the market a little bit. They're like, who the hell are these big, you know, big idea group people? So I like to think big. So I'm like, well, big idea group, big eyes. So it's part yeah. of the the family. So that was the simple rationale behind Big Ice. It was nothing about the ice. It was actually about Big Idea Group and Big Ice. You started this company and you're supplying this very, you know, niche, high-end, luxury ice cubes yep. to different venues. How do you, I guess, expand upon from going to just being like getting it from your truck to actually scaling an actual business. Yeah. I, so here's, here's the, um, the typical model out there is make the ice, sell it to hospitality and drive it through volume. I mean, that, that's mm -hmm. what I've seen work in other businesses, but nobody's tried to brand it to the, either the end consumer um, or um, have what I call a multi-channeled approach. And what I basically have done is said, listen, I'm going to do a direct-to-consumer play, which is about a membership model. Okay, mm -hmm. so for a membership model, you have to offer value. So what we've done with a membership value, we priced it at like 50 bucks a year. And we said, okay, uh, the initial 
a discount to friends, family, and, and the specials we had is 50% off, so that's 25 bucks a year. You get roughly 15 to 20% off the ice, plus you get access uh, to to um, uh, hospitality partners' experiences that you don't normally get. So, for example, uh, when Coppins Restaurant locally came out with their Pappy um, sort yeah. of uh, a bourbon tasting, I went and bought two tickets for the whole series. I'm going to give them away to members. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've worked very closely with the BRG group. Um, they own Boca Soto Nada. One of the things I'd like to do, I haven't done this yet, uh, but buy um, um, tickets, or I'm sorry, tables at Soto, for example. You can never get into Soto. So yeah. maybe we go buy you know, a table a week, and I, and I basically make that accessible through members. Or you know, with Molly Wellman, we're doing um, Thursday starting at the end of March. We're going to start like Thursday, big ice, happy hours once a month um, at Molly's. And then yeah. Molly can maybe make some cocktails and stuff. So it's all so it's a, yeah, it's, it's not, a way it's, to be more immersive <laughs> exactly. into the cocktail experience here within right. the community that I think exactly. everybody always mm. talks about and wants to right. do, but it's a special right. twist. And so it's not about the eye. Yes, it is, Patrick, about mm -hmm. this, but it's more about the experience mm -hmm. and the access to things that you normally wouldn't necessarily have, mm -hmm. but also previews of coming attractions and stuff. So for example, if we have new products coming out, you're the first to get them. For example, when we did the Bengals cubes, I uh, had like yes. a six pack of Cross jungle laser. packs. We call them the jungle packs, jungle. And so we ended up having six um, who days, which are the square ones, and then six of the bees and the oh, Bengals. Really and and my, my business partner, um, says to me, he's a lawyer, he goes, um, James, this is probably not a good thing to do uh, because uh, the Bengals uh, or NFL could probably you. get you. And I'm like, well, by like, it will melt is... by the time they find <laughs> me. I said, Where, where's, the, where's the evidence? Um, so, so what I ended up doing is they modified the B 20%. And I, and I said, well, let's do Houday Isis as well. So if by any chance I got you know, cease and desist, um, I could at least have 50% of my inventory would be okay, which is the Houday cubes because nobody can really patent who day right yeah um so so that was the whole story there but but the reality is is the specialty ice things mm -hmm. is a differentiator and and so in the in in the in the membership model we actually gave the members 48 hours uh, uh ahead of when we released it to actually buy it oh, that's really uh, cool. because what happened is when we went to the general public we were gone in 48 hours so number one is the is the membership model now the beautiful thing about a membership model is if you build a membership in a community, the value of your business is, is tremendous. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to, and again, I just came up with this number, uh, by 20, uh, you know, 20, let's see, 2022, by the end of 2023, I'd like to have at least 15,000 members. Okay. And I don't know why I came up with that number. Where, I can we ask where you are now? Uh, we're only at like about 150 and we've okay. been doing this for like four months yeah um so but but you have to create ali and i will be your memberships <laughs> but you know what i'm saying you have to create like value in order mm -hmm. for it to happen so that's where the second sort of channel comes in and that's hospitality so if you remember what i was saying about matt and the other markets most of those businesses focus in on hospitality it's unbranded mm -hmm. you literally deliver the ice and then whatever that hospitality restaurant is, it's there. They sort of assume the branding over it, but it's non-branded ice. So, um, so we are growing the hospitality segments. Right now, we're in 18 um, hospitality. We have two country clubs, Kenwood, uh, Coldstream, uh, and then we have the rest of all restaurants. Coppins, Bocas is carrying it, Deer, um, Council Oak prime much more high-end places yes these are more yeah. the high-end and these are amazing brands and frankly patrick i don't want to associate myself 
I know this sounds a little cocky, I know. Uh, but I don't <laughs> want to be with shitty brands. I mean, you don't. You want to yeah. be with these experiential yeah. brands uh, that, 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 that create that amazing uniqueness and experience uh, for you. So, so we're growing hospitality, but the, here's where we're different. Um, anybody can supply ice, but not only are we supplying the ice in terms of the quality and all that stuff, the crystal clarity and all that stuff, but we're also adding Big Idea Group onto it. So what I now I have done, my head of marketing is actually a Big Idea Group employee, mm. and Drew, who's running that for me, he's actually now working with those establishments to mm -hmm. co-market, create mm. different events. Because guess what? Everybody in hospitality went through hell the last yep. two years, right? They're looking for points of difference. They're looking yep. to create menus, and items, they're the and ones who are working themselves. with them, with the ice exactly. tea, right? So they're the ones that are making the cocktails all the time. So exactly. if you need content and branding material, right. You right. have to work with them. Exactly. That's a good and takeaway. Andrew, who's running the operations and the hospitality uh, for Big Ice, is from that world. I mean, he yeah. ran the National Exemplar as a GM for years. So what he's doing is when he goes in and sells this, it's not just about the ice, but it's working with the bar program, the bar beverage managers in creating and helping, not necessarily because they, they have their menu program, but adding value to that, saying, what about this? What about this glass with this piece of ice? You know what I'm saying? So it's much more of a collaborative partnership with mm. the bartender and the beverage programs. And then we, we add on the big idea group piece and we help co-market. So we both grow and we both, because the ice could be a center point for any bar program. It is mm -hmm. a point of differentiation that we market around that um, mm -hmm. and then create ultimately customized. I mean, there's no reason we can't, you know, we, we started out with regular ice. When I say the regular, the five SKUs with no customization yeah. why aren't we doing custom um ice with engraving our, our, our so we're taking that now to the next level and that's where the growth i think of hospitality is going to come in because not only can you do creative things mm -hmm. with the ice and, and 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 enhance your beverage program but you put the marketing machine behind it with that and most of these companies are tiny marketing departments so if i go in there and bring the marketing expertise in with the ice together we are better and now we become a partner. I do not like the term vendor. The minute they look at you as a vendor and a cost per piece per ice, you're dead, mm, you're a commodity. Mm -hmm. So you have mm -hmm. to bring this value out of creativity. And, and that sort of model, mm. sort of channel two. Channel three is retail. And I have to be honest, this is a channel I have not been excited about because retailers love to squeeze margins out of the manufacturers and they want typically we're finding at least 33% you know, margin plus yeah. to sell it. So we've got to be careful because we're already a, um, a luxury priced uh, um, product and I can't go crazy yeah. on retail. I How don't do you retail convince someone dictating. to spend X amount yeah. of dollars exactly. for ice exactly. cubes? That... So we've been very purposeful. <laughs> yeah. So we are in a party source. And I love, by the way, the party source people are incredible. Shout out it's to an employee-owned employee mm. company. They're I love these guys. And we're going to be doing some more co-marketing about it. Um, so that made sense. New Riff made sense. Uh, you know, we love working with Amy Tobin. She, she and her group is are phenomenal. Great Attention brand. to detail. She Absolutely. Yeah. And we've even got a custom uh, New Riff uh, free. You should go down there. It actually blends in. We That's actually incredible. custom designed it. 
uh, with them in mind. So when you walk into New Riff, right on the left is the big ice freezer. So because and I imagine you're doing all the delivery for that too, right? Because yep. when you're dealing with ice and you have to transport from A to B, you could lose brand identity and brand control there. So how do you right. manage and maintain that to your standards? Right. Because as soon as it gets to another place, you're right. it's kind of out of your hands. How do you control right. that and work with them? Yep. Well, we do brand the freezers. Um, we, um, the team here, um, we actually have an ice. This is the other funny thing is I own an ice truck. Now, who on earth ever thought that I would own an ice truck? I do. It's a beautiful <laughs> ice truck. It's a new ice truck. It has big ice all over it. It's a white van. I own an ice truck. And everyone's like, you own an ice truck. I said, But yeah. now there's ventilation in that truck, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good, there's ventilation good. in it. Yeah. Yeah, no passing out. Because when you're actually in the cabin and you're driving, it's separate. <laughs> so you, anybody you don't like, you just put them, put them in the <laughs> Yeah, and, and off they go. <laughs> you know, the good, rest is history. Good to know. So, yeah, so... So, so the ice van preserves the quality. So what we do is when we manufacture it in Nashville, actually, and because Matt's still mm -hmm. and also Columbus, we have two manufacturers. Um, so we actually pick up an, uh, an, uh, within every week, pretty much, not every week, um, on an average every couple of weeks. And my, the key thing goes back to what you were saying, Ali, is the quality is important. So manufacturing mm -hmm. to our freezers here at Big Ice, then to the consumer, I like to do in about 14 days because it, it pre preserves the best quality ice. And then when you see the freezers at retail, we do have control over the branding um, mm -hmm. and the position of the ice. And what they call in the retail world is DSD. It's called direct store delivery. So we don't go through warehouses, central warehouses. So literally Patrick drives the van. He, he checks the quality of the ice. He, he stocks the freezer. And, and checks it. I mean, and we have inventory controls. And we also, the other thing I did was I put in thermometers that are tied into the Wi-Fi that I have on oh, my iPhone. So I can track all our freezers, like New Rift, Party Source, Fine Wines, the six that we have downstairs wow. here, any Kroger ones we do, I'll actually track. And we know exactly what the temperatures are. Because what we've also learned, which is another crazy thing that we don't really thought we'd ever known is there are ideal <laughs> temperatures to store the ice yeah. and it's between 15 to 25 degrees fahrenheit i um, mean you know, ice freezes water freezes at 30 yeah so 15 to 25 max is the ideal between 50 and 20 i believe and again i'm not the expert um i'm a marketer not a technologist uh but in terms of is the ideal temperature actually so we monitor 24 7 on the phone, and if if a if a freezer goes above a threshold, I get alerts. I know, isn't That's that crazy? Incredible. So I'll be sitting at dinner, and I'll be like, "What's going on? Oh, the freezer at the party source is a little warm," and that's probably because people are like opening and closing the doors, you know. And it's it's about the experience. I mean, it's just yeah. beautiful. Have you seen this ice, Patrick? Yes, have I have. Ali sent me pictures. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Ali, don't you think it's true? Once it's... you just experience it, it's like yes. I go to these parties and people are like, "This is the talk of the party." It is the craziest until thing. yeah, until you see it. Because we've had yeah. this discussion of just being fans of a really great craft artisan cocktail it means something and especially if you're at a at a bar or restaurant and, right and the bartender knows what they're doing it becomes more than just a drink it becomes a presentation it becomes a yep. conversation and then once you get that drink there is just something about clean ice There's just something about it. it sets it apart because you don't see it all the time which i think 
is tremendous. So I understand your passion for passion for for fantastic ice because it sets it apart. Right. And, and you know, I, I spent a lot of time in New York. I mean, for the last before I created Big Idea Group in 2016, I literally was based in New York. So I'd leave Cincinnati on Monday, come back on a Friday. So I spent a lot of time in different restaurants and different bars. Uh, one of our accounts that we had and the company was called MKTG that I was with was Diageo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we managed um, a majority of their sampling uh, budget, and it was in the millions of dollars. And we would do, um, you know, Johnny Walker nights. Uh, you would do Kettle One nights, and mm-hmm. we would literally turn. We had this one thing called the House of of uh, Walker, and it was every uh, fall. And we would take like a building in Soho, and you would redo the whole building. And so you'd walk into this experience, I mean, amazing experience. And you would have on the ground floor maybe Johnny Walker Red. You would then move, you know, the Johnny Walker green floor, and then you would do the Johnny Walker black, yeah. and then you would end up with the blue. I mean, it was a whole experience. So I was exposed to a lot of this, and while it was not my account, but I was mm-hmm. involved in it, um, obviously with the company, um, I got exposed to all these cool brands. We did Nike, Beats by to Dre. Push, I mean, yeah, and so it's all experiential bit. world, and it's just something that I thought was so cool. So that when I was enjoying that thing and that thing of ice i'm like oh this is so cool this is one of those and, moments and, and, and it's one of those moments and I, I can't explain it i've always loved the you know the the hospitality scene and it was yeah. just one of these things i thought it's just so cool and uh and I've, I'm, my goal is to bring it to cincinnati and redefine what a restaurant or hospitality or a consumer um sees as mm. as uh, quality ice and the experience because what's really funny and, and this is really bad, but um, cloudy ice, I call shitty ice. Um, <laughs> so what happens is I get texts every weekend and they're like, Jimmy, Jimmy, because that's my nickname. People call me Jimmy, Jimmy for it just is as one of those things. Patrick have no idea. Uh, that's part of that session, you know. Um, so basically it's like, Jimmy, Jimmy, look, shitty ice here, shitty ice here. And they'll, <laughs> they'll take photos of ice and I'll get this on a regular basis. And it's just funny because you're resetting the expectation yeah. of what you expect. So, Ali, I bet you when you go to a restaurant right now, that, uh, you when you get your ice cube and it's cloudy. I do think about like, it now more. You, you just think about it differently. the experience with big ice. So, and what's cool is like you just said that you've had these crazy experiences with all these other big brands especially when it comes to marketing now when now i think important thing to note here is this big ice brand as you said before is a spinoff of your your marketing company so this is a little bit of a fun project that can that is turning into a success and you had just mentioned that these other brands have million dollars to spend right so what does launching a brand like big ice take financially and how do you right. then also build the brand if you don't have a lot of dollars sitting on the sideline to, right. you know, bring to, to market sure. yourself? Well, well, the good news is it's water. Um, yes. So the cost of goods. <laughs> Why, the, like, so, it's genius. Yeah. So I just have to say, so, so it's interesting. So I do have, um, you know, I, I've, I've worked in the, in the P&G world a lot on sort of the marketing agency side. And I've got a lot of friends in PNG and other brands, and they, they took me aside, several of them said, James, you do know that you're marketing the most perishable product <laughs> possible. I'm like, I get this, but it's still a passion. Um, so yeah, so, 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 and the benefit is, um, you know, with Big Idea Group, um, all the marketing expense, et cetera, I've taken on. So I didn't have to hire 
a marketing agency, whatever. I've done this all sort of internally. Obviously, it's cost me dollars mm -hmm. uh, because my team has sort of done this. Uh, but the biggest cost really comes into, uh, since I don't manufacture myself, is the product cost. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got the, and the labor. So basically, um, I had to invest. I mean, we have invested over a couple hundred thousand just to get the business going. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that, that's just right off the bat. I've got rental here, and I own my own building with Big Idea Group. Uh, but this building that I'm in right now is, is in O'Brienville. It's only like mm -hmm. 10 doors down from Big Idea Group, which is good to have them both close by. Uh, but we got the rent cost. So you got rent. You got product cost. I had to buy all the freezers. Mm -hmm. um, um, you have obviously the labor. Um, mm -hmm. So we have um, I'm Andrew who runs it. I have to have a hospitality person. I've got Patrick who uh, drives the truck. He's also in charge of quality control. I also have front end folks. We've got two high school uh, friends or friends who come in and they do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday pickups. So they're mm -hmm. dealing with the, so the end consumers. Uh, then we have the freezers in the party source. I mean, so there's a lot of capital expense uh, to just to get going. There's labor expense. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the product quality. But that's why I love these three channels, mm -hmm. because honestly, I have no clue yeah, which channel sure. will ultimately will be ultimately. But I do know from my first few months that hospitality drives volume. Consumers drives profit, especially mm -hmm. if you get into specialty ice. And then retail is, to me, it's just, again, pure volume. So between hospitality and retail, it'll be interesting to see where they go. But I will tell you, um, having um, been at some events where there have been some employees from like Funkies um, who does some catering, etc., the other part of hospitality, which we haven't got into yet, um, is this area that the Bengals Cubes you guys saw was is specialty ice. So mm -hmm. weddings. I mean, I mean, Ali, I showed you the diamonds. Yeah. 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 Like, like, like weddings. <laughs> I think Brian Combs events. might have taken those. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think that the idea, Patrick, is you can't stay still. So mm. the five skews that I have, right? You've got the sticks, the blocks, you've got the bowl, you've got the stone, you've got the pebbles, you've got the five skews or your base. Now you start having specialty eyes, the diamonds, the hearts, you mm. know, for, um, sort of, um, for, you know, for for um, a Valentine's Day, um, you know, you do Reds opening day, uh, you know, the Reds thing, the Bengals, you start getting into that. And that is where it costs a little more, but that's where you can make your profits uh, as well. Whereas the base ice is sort of your volume driver. Mm. So I think what, what we're seeing is introducing a different type of ice. So like reframing the way you think about ice in the community uh, or in the city, then you get into specialty and then both scale together. And I think that's the magic to, to growth. And that's why I'm contemplating retail because retail at least gets us the volume that mm -hmm. helps us then pay to get the specialty mm -hmm. going where we truly make the profits. So if that makes sense. You brought this up a couple of times on the manufacturing bit and yep. you know, that's part of your, your scaling and growth strategy. How the heck is this manufactured? I'm just trying to imagine this. You said that a lot of these people either come from the you know, cocktail world or the ice carvers world. And I'm just assuming quality control has to be yep. on point. So Absolutely. how do you mass produce this beautiful, clear ice so you don't get cloudy ice? Right. So basically, there are uh, these machines, uh, Kleinbells, they take, uh, and there's also what they call the CNC machines. Uh, they're different technologies. Yep. Um, so um, it basically takes about two to three days to make a big block of ice in these old Kleinbell machines. And again, you're talking to somebody who's the marketer, 
I have people who do that stuff, <laughs> but I understand that the CNC machines and others not only allow you to do the customized because it's not mm -hmm. manually pressing, mm -hmm. but it's quicker. So what happens is you go from three days to one day um, and you end up having about 15 to 20 of these machines. And, and again, they're all computerized. It's all you know, purified water. You've got the, 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 the general manufacturing practices going on, the gloves. I mean, there are very strict standards in terms of how the ice is actually uh, produced. Um, so you've got those standards in place. Now it's a matter of getting the latest and the greatest machines that are quicker, faster. Efficient. You know, they, 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 they're more efficient. Uh, they, they maintain that quality. And then you have that labor expertise. So the good news about this potential, if we get into manufacturing, um, is that we do have the expertise. And by the way, that is critically important. So I've been very open uh, with my manufacturers mm -hmm. and um, we will partner with our manufacturers. How's that to actually expand and create maybe local manufacturing? We're not going to keep anybody out of there because they're all interested in growing the region. Remember, Nashville, Columbus, Cincinnati, we're in a region. Mm -hmm. This is, I have no interest in making this national. The big ice will probably exist in maybe south, let's say Lexington, Louisville, um, Cincinnati, uh, Dayton, Columbus, Indy, Cleveland. That would be a very, very manageable mm -hmm. market delivery. You know what I'm saying? And maybe yeah. we, we know we've got manufacturing in, in um, Columbus. We maybe do something in Cincinnati. Yeah. You've got Nashville. You get the idea. We're not wanting to go. Because you would this, have to create multiple hubs around exactly. the, the nation exactly. if you actually wanted yeah. to expand out right. west or There's even further There's plenty east. of business yeah. in those, those four or five markets uh, to grow this business. And I, and I um, shifted gears a little bit, but when you're talking about bringing on more members, right, talking about brand yeah. equity, brand loyalty, how are you doing that right now? Because you're talking also about, okay, these experiences with Coppins and Soto right. and Boca, and, and that's all well and good, but if people don't know about it to begin right. with and they don't know it exists, how right. are you finding them? How are you reaching yeah. them? So we are doing a very targeted social campaign. So mm -hmm. one of my slides here, which I normally give to two sort of uh, partners and um, uh, uh, when we're selling hospitality, is this is a psychographic brand. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a, a demographic brand. We have, we have folks that are in their 20s that are nuts about the ice and they're buying it up. We have people in the 70s. Um, so um, all vehicles feed awareness. So for example, the reason I'm putting Big Idea Group behind a lot of the um, hospitality partners is we want, when we co-market, there, I want, my ideal scenario would be that they actually brand us in their menus. Mm -hmm. So when you're actually in those restaurants, mm -hmm. you know it's Big Ice. Mm -hmm. I would love merchandising. Uh, we're going to do co-social uh, posts, all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. So, so if you think about hospitality, it's a great trial vehicle. And, if, and, and I want people to do what I did. Hey, where did you get this ice? So bartender education, um, merchandising mm -hmm. within the restaurants, co-marketing with the restaurants feeds that awareness because that's all trial the second piece is we are doing a very targeted um, ad campaign and ali i'd be glad to and patrick share with you it's really funny um I, I, the creative is, is incredible it's basically oh. a video of being poured over ice and we have these quips um these crazy quips uh of just outrageous statements where people are like I got to meet these guys yeah. and it's all about the eyes. And uh, we're also going to do a little more on your face, um, social advertising 
And what we're doing is we're picking zip codes uh, and we're picking more lifestyle uh, mm -hmm. versus age. Um, so my whole team, and a lot of this is um, via um, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. we're doing it, um, Instagram, mm -hmm. we've got Facebook. I mean, so that campaign actually kicks off this week. And it's going to be focused on sort of on, on this core market that we have in Cincinnati. In addition to that, um, some of the PR stuff that will be going on. I mean, you know, Ali, you were nice enough to have us on the, the 700 WLW. Yeah. Those things are just happening organically with us. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're looking at City Beat and some of these other yeah. uh, folks. Um, we really want to partner with them. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the other thing I have to be careful with is I don't want to grow too fast. And I know mm -hmm. that sounds nutty. But managed growth is everything. I've really spent the first four months tinkering with what is that consumer and that membership stuff, what does the hospitality look like, et cetera. And now we're moving to the next stage of sort of taking the awareness to the next level because we have to be careful, remember, with, with manufacturing. Mm. So we only had one manufacturer. I now have two. Mm -hmm. um, so we never wanted to be single source supplying. So we've been very you, you one of the things you'll know you'll learn is a fact in package or consumer goods, you never want to be um, out of stock. Um, mm. and, and we had, you know, we had that issue. We didn't have the issue, but we were very careful about how we managed the Bengals because we knew we could only make like 360. Yeah, bags. you have to market that appropriately. Then. Right. So that's why I went mm -hmm. to members first. The other piece, um, um, in terms of the awareness alley, is not just using the PR and the targeted social. And we may do some traditional stuff. In fact, um, since I've worked with 700 uh, WLW in the past, uh, um, I that's a great like like partner so could we do yeah. some of my partnership stuff but very targeted mm -hmm. um you know we thought about putting billboards out there yeah you can do that but i i, I don't honestly my target market's probably 10 to 20 percent not even that 10 percent of the cincinnati market who mm -hmm. fit the psychographic model mm -hmm. and that's really what we're going after and then what happens and this is my belief and i may be totally wrong about this but um this is a what i call a tipping point brand so what happens is you get your membership up and the swell mm. of advocates, they will sell it yeah. on your it's behalf. And I, exactly. So I, this is an advocacy influencer brand. So mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do is build as many on the psychographic side as I can, which is why the new Rift partnership, why mm -hmm. Molly, why these brands that we're, because so, these are all folks that are willing to spend just a little extra for that experience. That's part of the psychographic. If mm -hmm. I can be present there, Give them a yep. great experience, an incentive like a 50% off membership, they whatever, to join. You become the base. And at some point, at some point, that'll go boom. I don't know where that point is going to be, but it but will you happen. But you better have ice yeah. in stock. And, then, and, and that is why it's one of these things that you – patience is a virtue. I am not a patient person. Now, I have <laughs> one investor in the company, and he's a great friend, and I check in with him. And I, I have no investors in, in Big Idea Group, but I do with Big Eyes. And uh, he's a minority investor, but an amazing chap. And he, I have dinner with him on a regular basis. And I'm like, you know what? These numbers are not good. I want 300 members. I want 20. Yeah. He goes, Jimmy, calm down. He goes, 
I'm normally the investor that kicks Heine. You're kicking your own Heine. He goes, Pump the relax. Brakes. He's like, you're doing okay. Pour yourself a Because, you know, drink. I'm just like, <laughs> not patient. Yeah, go have, a, go have an go, ice cream. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not patient. So, you know, Patrick, my idea is, is scale. Boom. Yeah. But that's just not how this works, especially when you're dealing with these multi-channels hmm. and you really are, are growing the base and that advocacy. It's It just takes time. And, and, and the good news is we are, we're funding this. Uh, we are not in the profit area yet, but we could be in the next literally 60 days, mm -hmm. which is incredible. That's incredible uh, for a brand new being in the market company. Five, five months, if things continue. But remember, January is a crappy month in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Especially for and ice. So, yeah, exactly. So I'm getting used to all the... Ali, I know now about the hospitality business. Yes. Apparently, January sucks, okay? Yep. Unless, <laughs> you go to the, unless you go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That helps yeah, unless a little bit. Then February is that doesn't suck. Yeah, yeah you better hope we go to the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, again next year. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm learning all that stuff. So I think it's 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 really interesting because I'm learning every day, and and you have to be a very humble brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the other piece of growing at Ali is the and Patrick is the experience that the customer has. So when you walk into Big Ice, I want you to have the most amazing experience. When you experience Big Ice at a restaurant, it is the most amazing. It's very consistent, the quality. And so I think over time that catches on. And then with this campaign that we're now launching across Cincinnati on social, a little bit of PR, very targeted PR here and there, I think will then get us that little boost, just like the Bengals cubes did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll continue to grow that, but, but methodically, because again, we got to make sure we remember, I talked about the, the 15 day ideal from manufacturing to the consumer. We want to make sure we preserve mm -hmm. that quality um, of, of product as well. So, so it's a managed growth sort of philosophy. Are you going to try to get into like molds or like there's other tangential, I guess like ice related, uh, products. Oh, why not? So, um, you know, the CBD market, uh, yep. CBD ice, vitamin C ice. I mean, ice can be whatever. I mean, you could do um, right now where I think we're at the very beginning stages of what ice could be. I mean, mm -hmm. we started out with sort of crystal clear now and then we did shapes. Right. And now we're doing specialty ice. I mean, you could go crazy. I mean, I, I have joked about CBD ice. I've joked about vitamin D ice. You know, you're sitting in Cincinnati with no sun. Uh, have some vitamin D ice. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you do could like do so much ice stuff. Or flavored ice. ice. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the sky's huh. the limit, Patrick. And, and that's why part of the strategy is to get manufacturing mm. in-house because then it gives me so much Fishing. flexibility. Uh, to do it. And again, the one thing I won't do is sacrifice quality um, over stuff. But I certainly, I mean, we could get into a whole bunch of different mm. remedy ice. I mean, well, I mean, what about hangover ice? I mean, I, I know some of these. Uh, <laughs> oh, get a little um, liquid IV. You need like yes. a liquid IV. Ali's obsessed with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, but Ali, what are these drinks? I know there are drinks out there that you can have, like, and so, they have ele electrolytes or yeah, something like, in it. Yeah, it's basically adult Pedialyte, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, I feel like the last couple of years, adults have been drinking Pedialyte, and then you would see it more on socials, and then other brands started to spin off on them. And then other brands started to create these packets of this powder right. because it's a lot easier to travel if you're you know going to a bachelorette <laughs> or a bachelor party and you're going to vegas and you could throw a whole bunch into your suitcase and and voila it's easier than a cart uh, a bottle of something and right. i drink i drink it if i'm out going out for a night i throw it into my water before i go to bed 
It's a game changer. We are not sponsored by PBLA no, or but, Liquid IV. Or Liquid IV, but, but, but if we're they open want to, to sponsor it. us, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Why not? I mean, go for it. I mean, because, you know, why would you not put these electrolytes or PBLA mm. in, in the ice and, and yeah. say, enjoy your ice and don't get a hangover? As <laughs> long know? as it doesn't make it cloudy, right? So that's going to be done yeah. back to your manufacturing engineering side. Yeah. How do you make yeah, that work? Yeah, yeah there's some tenants. Other elements? Yeah, yeah, if you're going to be an experiential brand, you have to be consistent. You know, we and the four pillars that we always maintain is it's crystal clear, it's mm. handcrafted, literally, it is handcrafted, um, ultra pure and slow melting. And as long as we keep to those principles and we don't waver from that quality, you can be as creative as, as, as you want. Uh, and the key is really understanding what the consumer need is out mm. there. And I wasn't joking actually about the vitamin C and you know the CBD and, and as long as it's healthy and, and as long as it's good yeah. for you and helps, why not? I mean, yeah. try different things, but the sky, to your point, Patrick, is the limit. The key is to to start with the basics, mm -hmm. get into the more of the specialty, and then start getting into these sort of niches over time. But it's all to me about managed growth and responding to what a, the consumers demand. You're in a skunk works like lab experimental yeah, place. With the scientists with ice. Yeah, I, know. Ices. <laughs> I love it. Uh, clearly, you are quite passionate about ice, which is amazing. And this has uh, kind of been a topic of discussion in some of our most recent ones about creating a business around a passion. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Because it, be, it can become all consuming, um, but you know, people will say, if you're passionate about something and you create a business, you'll never work another day in your life. Do you agree or disagree with that? Thoughts? Well, I think the passion has to match with what you're doing is meeting a consumer need. Because if your passion doesn't result in something a consumer wants, good luck with that. You can be, you'll end up living somewhere uh, not on an island, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, basically I think, I think passion has to match obviously that there's a need in the market. Uh, but in general, um, you know, uh, you know, people could argue that I'm the, the most biggest idiot ever selling the most perishable product out there. But what I do know is that people enjoy the drinking experience. People enjoy, um, hospitality, uh, People, do, I mean, that's why you spend time to get away from the mm -hmm. crazy world that you live in. You go to restaurants, you celebrate. I mean, people love that. So being an experiential brand with ice, I know it has a consumer need and a consumer place. You combine that with passion. And I think you can just go wherever because you're always thinking about new things, new ideas. You're never accepting. No, it's always what if, why not? I can tell you there were days at the very beginning, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I mean, really, because the reality, because, you know, the, you know, the, the, your manufacturer shorts you the ice. Yeah. The packaging doesn't arrive. I mean, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so little I mean, logistics that will drive chain, you insane. All that kind of, but, I, but I do think, Ali, that if you don't have passion, you're in a problem situation. I mean, yeah. and, you know, in the world of today, I mean, there's this huge, we're living in a crazy world where the mass exodus, everyone's talking about the mass exodus of, of employers, right? Mm. Yeah, the great resignation. That in the, in the great resignation. And I'm telling you, and why are people doing that? Why? Because they're not passionate about they're not what happy. they're doing. And they're and demanding they're more from their employers, exactly. too. And, so if, and by the way, if you're an employer today, not to get off track, that is not cognizant of that and not meeting people yep. where they are, um, you're in trouble. And so I believe, remember, Big Idea Group, the basic philosophy of Big Idea Group, which people thought I was nuts because I was sort of the, not the anti-agency, but a different agency because I'm, I'm not an agency. It's about great people with great ideas can do great things. That is the principle of the company. Mm -hmm. And Big Ice took that passion just with what I've had. And I've, I have to tell you, 
my team is so passionate about this. I mean, they were just so excited about the Bengals cubes. It is mm-hmm. it has helped, I think, the big idea group culture. But yeah, yeah. But with, without passion, it's hard. Without passion, it's hard. You have to have that to me is like point of entry. Now you yeah. have to say, can I can I get it done? Is it re- it's like real win worth? Um, is it real? Can I win at it? And is it worth it? And if you can answer yes to those three things, you're good mm-hmm. and go. And by the way, anybody listening to this, if you're starting up a business, there are going to be times where you're sitting down and going, what have I done? Mm-hmm. There will be good days. There'll be da- bad days, but you got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. Don't waver. So is that your biggest learning from starting a business, like whether it's from Big Idea Group or Big Ice? Yeah, you've got to stay on the end game. You've got to stay focused on the end game and know that every turn, every person you meet, every customer response you get, you're going to learn something from it. But And you have two choices, Patrick. You can either go for this or you can be in a fetal position and say the world's unfair. Well, mm. you know what? I'm not about the fetal position there. Mm-hmm. You, 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 will, you will never succeed unless you take some risk. If you put yourself out there, you try new things and you learn. And I'll tell you the biggest thing, and, and I'm not a tremendously humble person in my life, but I have learned that. Uh, you got to be humble because you know what? Your friends will tell you exactly what they will say. And, then, and they did. They're like, are you goddamn crazy? I mean, trying to do this. So I think being humble, um, listening to others, learning, but being focused on the end game and never wavering. Uh, with that passion and that determine, wake up every day and jump out of that bed and go, I'm going to learn something today and we're going to get one step closer to my vision is really important. So attitude, confidence, all that stuff's mm. really, really important. And really important is to have a good team around you. I have an, inc- listen, I can't do this alone. My team here at Big Ice are exceptional. They're working, with- listen, we get calls at six, seven o'clock at night saying, oh, I'm out of ice. Like a- and I-, I remember going to Boca and Will, the GM, calls me and goes, Jimmy, Jimmy, we're out of ice. We're out of mm-hmm. ice. And, and I'm sitting in a big idea group here at like 7 o'clock at night. So you know what I did? Came over, picked up a couple of the coolers, put on a whole bunch of ice. So I know what they use. And I went down and delivered it uh, to him. And they were like, thank you for doing it. I mean, you just don't do that in today's world. And uh, it's that passion and that, ad- and that, that culture that you need to and, establish that, that allows you to be successful. And that's the optimistic side, right? So from right. your... What has been, from the personal level, the most challenging aspect of this journey for you? And what's... Time. 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 100%. If I could do this 100%, I would do it. Yeah. And, not, and by the way, I love my clients, the Big Idea Group, and what we're doing there. And I'm having so much fun. My biggest challenge is time um, is because we're just so busy with the core business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my, my uh, head of marketing of Big Eyes is literally on loan from Big Idea Group. I mean, and again, you have to be very careful. It goes back you know, to your question about investment up front. I mean, where did I put the money? The quality of the product. Uh, I had to. I mean, the, the infrastructure, the, the ice truck. I, at the end of the day, if you don't own the manufacturing process, you have to control what you can control. I can control from the minute it's manufactured to the minute it gets mm-hmm. to the hospitality partner or the consumer. I can control that. So I ended up investing in the freezers, the freezer truck, the driver slash quality guy, um, Andrew, the hospitality and the knowledge because he comes from that world. Um, that's where I chose to invest. And then I was able to use the big idea group 
marketing team to help them get to the next level. And the frustrating thing for me is we're so busy on the core business is that, you know, like today was the first time I've been at Big Eyes this week. And we did a two-hour brainstorm session on where we're going. I couldn't do that without good people. Mm. So, and, and you know, we're, we're 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 tight on people because we're a startup. So it's that balance of time and that balance of effort is probably the biggest challenge. And I'm not a nine-to-fiver. I'm yeah. sixty to eighty hours a week. So I'm just abnormal in now, terms of that. Now, does does I mean, wifey and the family are they okay with that? They're used to it. I mean, yeah. remember, I traveled. From, you live a lot I mean, in the man cave, don't you? Yeah, I'm man cave. Uh, yeah, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> if, if, you say, if, you, if you say that to my wife, she goes, yeah, and you're still learning that. And it's been 34 yeah. years of marriage. And she goes, but she's stuck with me for 34 years. And trust me, I wouldn't want to be married to me. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, here's it, but you have, you have a great attitude though, which I think is half the battle. And, and I think a lot of these entrepreneurial stories could be painted with, you know, Rose uh, and look through, through Rose colored lenses. Sure. What do you think is some of the ugliest parts of entrepreneurship? Um, not knowing. I said, I mean, you don't know from month to month. I mean, and, and, and the unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. and I think well, you, you have such passion Oftentimes, if your customers or those around you don't, you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know, why don't you have the same passion? Everybody needs to be thinking like me. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. why are you not passionate about ice? And we're having that, that very discussion today um, with Drew. And Drew's like, James, he goes, and I'm like, you know, this membership, we should be at like 300 members right now. And he goes, James, not everybody is like you. And you need to accept yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? My team is mm-hmm. very honest about that. Just because you're passionate about it doesn't That's have to be That's such a good point when passion. it comes to leadership, you know too, saying? and what yeah. your expectations mm-hmm. are for a brand. Because oh, yeah. especially now with this great resignation, right? You have employers yeah. who are like, no, I want to work remote or I want to exactly. I don't, I want to be this set hours and I'm going to clock out at this time. And that's fine. I think there's a, a space for that. But also as a startup and you're moving into a new entrepreneurial journey, right. you have to really hire appropriately for the people right. who want to be able right. to commit and, and go drive ice at right. you know 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. Cause and, and we were very privileged. And because we spin off, we spun out of an existing company, it wasn't in all yeah. fairness starting from scratch. So so that's yeah. a different experience because I had my. So team you're saying you need to degree. go. People need to start a, a successful business before they start an ice company. Got it. No, well, in this case, <laughs> maybe so because the ice company ain't going to pay out for the next yeah. for for the first six to eight months. Well, at least have good investment behind you on that yeah. side. Mm. And the other thing, Patrick, is to your question and and Ali is. Um, is is being able uh, like I didn't expect January to be so slow. I mean, I just didn't. I mean, it's dead. D E A D in the in the marketplace. I mean, now the good news is that with December was crazy busy. So what happened is that all paid through, and then the Bengals thing came along. So we've weathered it. But that was a learning for me. That was the unknown. And you can't be sitting sulking about it. I was like, okay, then what do we do about it? How do we double down? and maximize what we can do, which is where we went to the co-marketing with a lot of the folks. We did the specialty eyes because you, you have to continue to reinvent. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the analogy of you either fight it or, mm-hmm. or, you, or not necessarily fight, embrace it and figure something else and pivot, or you go in a fetal position. And I'll tell you, uh, part of my learning, and it comes from my work at BRG with David Falk. I mean, I remember when we had to shut down all the restaurants and and David, and I don't know if you know him, David Falk, he'll be a good one to have on your program. David and I are very similar in our CIs, which is really scary. Uh, <laughs> but we are. We're very similar. And what happened is he pivoted and created Domo. And mm-hmm. Domo was sort of the delivery service oh. at the time. And then everybody else started doing it. I mean, that's a pivot. 
when you go through the adapt. startup, yeah, you, you, are, you are pivoting and adapting. But, but going back to my point, you never, never lose the end game. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the statements that we make with this brand is that our benefit, and I always say, is the best way to drink whatever you're drinking. And, and the proposition is really funny because it, it, our target is for discerning drinkers and consummate show-offs who believe <laughs> that experience is king. Big Ice <laughs> delivers ultra-cool, ultra-pure ultra, cool, ultra ice that makes any drinking experience the best it can be. But what I love about this is our equity statement, our brand statement, or our personality, I should say, is your surprising, sophisticated, adventurous, in-the-know friend mm. who makes every experience a bit better. Our job oh. is to make our consumers' lives a little bit better. And I honestly think if we stick to that vision, we stick to the quality, we have great partners like we have today, like Molly uh, Wellman and Amy at New Rift and, and all these great restaurants. And you, Ali, grow. the partnership we have with you on WF. I mean, you, yeah. how can you not succeed when you yeah. have that vision in mind? With, and the, yeah, the with other people downs. who also have the same mindset. Exactly, that's the, which goes back to my very thing. original point. Mm. You can have the passion but make sure there's that need. Otherwise, you'll and, be severely disappointed. And you know who would love this brand because you talk about being the king of experience, et cetera, et cetera, and he's a, a local guy who would be proud and would fill his cup is the king of bourbon, George Remus. I feel like yes. he would really like what you're doing. <laughs> <I should. laughs> well, you on that up. note, James, thank you so much for coming on. How can people follow the big ice journey and become you know, a member maybe become, become a member, member even. Yeah. yeah i mean we're on uh, let's get to 300 on, right yeah <laughs> facebook we're on instagram uh, our website is drinkbigice.com um you can go on there you become a membership we're still doing 50 percent off um you just type in who day uh, we, we're keeping that th uh, that, that that whole tag on there um, and then um, uh, you can become a member you don't have to become a member even you can just come by the ice you basically order online you come by our headquarters and pick it up or you enjoy it at the uh, hospitality partners uh, but uh, we're excited and you know this journey is at the very beginning um, so I have no idea what adventure I feel like a lion in the Serengeti <laughs> and I'm serious and you never know what's around the next corner uh, but I can't wait to see what's there so we're having fun well thank you so much James and on that note we are going to go grab ourselves some big ice and grab ourselves Good. a bourbon. I love it. Good deal. Well, thanks, guys. This was fun. <laughs> he is amazing. You can tell. His energy is unbelievable. And it goes back to what he said, passion. He mm -hmm. is passionate about this. And... I love that he got passionate about something so niche as ice. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, where I really resonate with him is the fact that he has a passion for the hospitality industry, which mm. is a really tough industry. And I know that we've been recently talking a bit about, okay, passion is great, but is it what it, is it the be all end all to, you know, build and create a successful business? And I think out of anybody, he really put it 
plainly and simply and straightforward of you need to have passion no matter what, but you can't lose sight of your end goal. And the reality is you're, you still are a business. So you still need to make numbers, but you have to be able to create not only a brand and an idea and see it all the way through to the end, but understand how to control that brand to bring it to success. But it's never going to be easy. And so that includes people, that includes your manufacturing and the basic logistics. And like he said, what the heck? He's making ice. It's water. <laughs> he's in a very difficult position. <laughs> but he's doing something totally different, which I did not expect, you know, preparing for this podcast. I was not prepared for the whole, like, membership, right? Yeah. It's essentially a club of people in the hospitality industry, retail, you name it, whatever channel. And it's all based around ice. Yeah. Right? And he said he and got the fact that he doesn't even know which and... channel is going to be the, mm. the number one source of revenue. So it's interesting that he's been able to put and implement three different systems to try to test this out. Yeah. No. And I think he wants to try new products, new ideas. Um, and I think he cares about Again, I think it goes back to people. He cares about people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what gives him joy and passion about this whole thing is that the end product provides a service and a good. It's a good that provides a service to the hospitality industry, to bourbon drinkers like you and I. Mm -hmm. And he really enjoys, I guess, the I guess satisfaction that people get from yeah. looking at his ice. It's true. Like you said, it's a lifestyle brand and lifestyle brands can be tough. And I think that's a good tip to take away mm. that I'll end on is if you're trying to move into that lifestyle space and, and we can even compare Catherine Baxter from the pickleball route too yeah. of demo your, your age demographic isn't necessarily the be all end all it's what do you do and it's always about behavior too for any mm. any brand but specifically when it comes to hospitality food drink sports activity where it, you're not you know curing cancer or you know trying to solve all the world's problems this is it's fun and it's pleasurable and it's understanding that. So then you have to go about that type of a product in a different way and insert that tipping point with influencers and those who are already embedded into that lifestyle and who have a voice. And, you know, I'm excited for our, me uh, well, I was about to call yeah. them our members, our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the membership train. <laughs> right. Uh, to uh, hear about... Uh, James's story yeah. and big ice. Go try it. Go try it. Exactly. I'm telling you, go try the ice. I have some in my freezer right now. I am an advocate. And go as team. James mentioned on the podcast, and there's also on their website uh, where you can find big ice. Uh, but on that note, please, you know, follow our journey on our social medias, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it. We're there. Also reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. Hosts. That's host with an S at whenpigsfly.fm and we love hearing from you guys and so reach out tell us if there's somebody we should be talking to tell us uh you know you know Patrick Allie your mics are too loud you know we love hearing uh feedback so please reach out and Allie most importantly what should they be doing most importantly they need to be filling their glass with a little big ice and they need to be pouring a little bourbon or whatever the choice drink of choice is and enjoying conversation with maybe your bestie or a family member and then while you're having that conversation your dog. you you tell them <laughs> that hey this podcast when pigs fly you need to take a lesson that's what you need to do tell a friend and we are 
totally grateful for those who have done that. Uh, our downloads actually this month are just skyrocketing. So yeah, thank you, thank you. you. And on that note, cheers. And here's some necessary legal stuff. Allie Martin and Patrick Bailey developed the When Pigs Fly podcast in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, we do not own equity or any financial interest in the companies which appear on the show unless otherwise indicated. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the EW Scripts company and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on the show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. We also wanna give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and gets stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync. <laughs>